Hi, you're listening to The Whole Podcast with Becky Alcantar and Nancy Grusey. Let's be honest, some of us love our jobs, but we don't all love the people we work with. In fact, it's likely that there are just one or two specific people you're thinking of right now that make you groan when you think about going to work. And that can really take a toll on your day, your week, your plans, and even your career path. So how do we make the best of our work environments and situations? Is it possible to make a difficult workplace a better one? Today, our friend Amy Van Stippen joins us as we talk about how do I deal with a difficult coworker? Hi, friends. Welcome to The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, Nancy, here with the founder and author of Journey to Wholeness, Pastor Becky Alcantar. Hello. Hello, hello. As Becky mentioned earlier, our guest today is Amy Van Stippen. Hello, Amy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Whole Podcast. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, kind of who you are. Yeah. Um, I am Amy Van Stippen. I am a journey facilitator um, and leader uh, and a retail store. So mm-hmm. excellent, mm-hmm. which is very fitting for the topic for today. It yes. is. Amy's a boss. And so we yes. invited her. She is. <laughs> she knows how to do it all as a boss. Yeah. And quite honestly, I think uh, the reason we invited Amy is because I... I have witnessed and um, been privy to some of her journey, and I'm always just impressed on really how she incorporates her journey to wholeness experience and expertise into the workplace and really works to make it a better place for everyone um, to interact in and to um, uh, succeed in really um, trying to make the path straight so that everyone has the opportunity to be their best. Yeah. Uh, so I love that about Amy. And and we all have experienced difficult workplaces, right? <laughs> Maybe not the workplace itself, but there tends to be one or two people that they're not so easy to get along with. Uh, maybe you butt heads with them a bit or, or they're tight and tense and you're, you've tried and you're really not sure how to approach them uh, or how to get along with them. And, and unfortunately, what happens at that point is we tend to avoid that person, right? You know, mm-hmm. You're in the break room and someone walks in and everyone scatters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the goal. I think, um, you know, that makes for tense situations and uncomfortable workplaces. And then other things can come out of that uh, that we didn't intend. And so how do we then use some of the things we've learned? You, you've been on your journey. Uh, you, you're trying to be the best person you can be. How then does that translate into the workplace mm-hmm. itself? And so often we talk about, you know, we're talking about this how do I series because we can talk about theory when we're talking in um in a, a classroom or in a group session, but then we go to work on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. And how does that translate into, how do I do that here? How do I use what I've learned and I feel like I'm better, but I keep running into these situations? How do I help uh, the situation itself and how do I help others to to see themselves better or to be better um, mm-hmm. in those circumstances? And so what would you say are the two primary things that uh, you have worked on to make your workplace better for everyone involved. Yeah. I think when it comes down to it, um, the two biggest things would be that you have to look at you specifically. Mm -hmm. I'm not healthy and I'm going into a workplace and I've got a difficult coworker um, or a couple of difficult coworkers. Well, I'm not going to make the situation better if Mm -hmm. I'm acting in unhealthy ways. Um, And then just remembering that uh, people are 
people. And Mm -hmm. we say in journey, hurt people, hurt people. And so some days, you know, that comes out more than others. And so it's, um, you know, setting boundaries and being encouraging and Mm -hmm. um, trying to help them see, um, you know, through a clearer lens of perspective on what may be going on for them. Yeah. That difficult coworkers, some of them are all ears and they want to try and fix their situation. And Mm -hmm. the really difficult ones maybe aren't ready just yet. Right. Right. Yeah. The first thing that you mentioned was recognizing if it's, if it's a me issue Mm -hmm. or if it's a situational issue or if it's the other person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing to go into it with this awareness of like, okay, if I'm always coming into friction with this one person, is this a me thing? And am I healthy? And we even talked about that on the last episode with dealing with a difficult spouse, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Barry shared, you know, he's like, it was a me thing. Right. And so I think going into this, the two things that you mentioned were looking at if you're healthy mm-hmm. and what you need to be looking at for going into it with the right perspective and frame of mind. And then right. also being able to step out of it and think where are they at in their journey yeah. and if they're healthy. And not that not that we're the ones to judge that necessarily, but just to have that awareness of, and a soft heart of, okay, where are they at? Right. And maybe right. this is not a me thing and I need right. to pull right. back. And the goal isn't to go, yeah, it's, it's not to blame or to uh, shift, but to really consider, you know, is there some underlying issue? Is there something happening? How well do I know my coworker? Do I know their home situation? Do I know uh, their stresses and the things that they're going through each day? Um, do I know what their upbringing was like? Do I know anything right. about them at all? And then, uh, you know, like you said, we have to start with ourselves first. What is it that really um, rubs me the wrong way? Mm-hmm. Why is it right. that we can't seem to see eye to eye? Um, and how how do I understand that about myself first? And so you talk about perspective, and that's the lens that we see things through, right? So the root word of that is um, to look through. And what am I looking through? Am I looking through my own experiences or past? Does this person remind me of Aunt Jane, who was really tough on me? And so I I get worked up when I go and talk to this person because they just have the same characteristics or same mannerisms, or you know, it can be as simple as that, or it can be someone who you know has the same manner of of communicating as somebody who um, maybe hurt me or um, caused me some pain or who made me uncomfortable. Uh, So I have to be able to separate those things and identify them, right? Right. And so when I understand my story, I'll know that, "Mm, so yeah, when there's somebody who's very decisive and um, quick moving, that triggers me because I had the experience as a young person or at my first job that really, really impacted me. And now when that happens again, I find myself back in that place. And can mm-hmm. I, can I work through that? Can I um, understand myself better so that I can prepare myself better? Cause uh, it could very well be the other person. Uh, but most times it's ourselves. It's how we're right. seeing the world. What lens do we see the world through and why is that impacting me so greatly? Um, we do spend a lot of time with people at work, um, but really they're not our family members. They're not right. the ones who are going to be at our funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to be at our bedside, right? They're not going to be at those big events. So why is it that they can really um, disrupt my peace? Uh, there's probably something deeper there. Right. Yeah. So tell me about some of the hardest um, situations maybe that you've encountered, like when it was the hardest, how did you, how did you walk through that? 
Like, give us some real examples. Don't give us any names. <laughs> right. Oh, no names. Wow. And I don't have any examples because I work with Becky. So, <laughs> so I have my, all the examples. My workplace is perfect. So I'm going to we'll let you. We'll talk about that when <laughs> Becky is not here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a journey Amy about that. Com- yeah. conversation. <laughs> um, wow. Specifics. Um, you know, honestly, it just comes down to, I can think of several different situations that have happened. And a lot of it is, um, on each one, how I reacted instead of responded, Mm -hmm. um, in several of those, because something did trigger me. Um, I had one coworker, this was past, no longer a coworker. Um, but that could be a real bulldozer, Mm. real bully. Mm -hmm. Um, when she wanted something or when she wanted me to know that she needed me to know something, it was in a very aggressive manner, um, whether it was really strong finger pointing or raised voices. Um, and it it was a trigger for me mm-hmm. to to kind of just shut down and get... Um, you know, like the turtle effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because when someone comes at you and some people can handle that really well, but with my story and what I've learned in my story and my journey, mm-hmm. um, that kind of behavior is a trigger for me to just completely like close off. Right, right. Um, and it was, it was not a good situation. And so what I had to walk through in that um, was determining, okay, how am I going to handle this person as the leader? How do I get this person to recognize how they're approaching this, not only with me, but their teammates, because it was not just happening with me, um, that this is really not healthy for anyone involved. No one responds well to being bullied. No one responds well to being bulldozed. Um, especially since Nobody responds well to that. That's just the end, you know. So um, was having to catch that person in a good moment and say, listen, this is not, this behavior that you're doing right now, this good behavior that we're having this conversation is appreciated and this works really well. Mm -hmm. But the way you handled it in this manner um, was not at all appropriate and can't be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And how it was handled from there was still not that person wasn't ready to hear mm-hmm. um, that and wasn't feeling like they were in the wrong, um, unfortunately. So it, you know, past coworker, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you have to, it, the, all, the whole team makes up your, the whole team has got to be taken care of, you know, right. when you're in a, in a leadership position and, so unfortunately, um, if someone's not ready to hear something, there may be a reason and, and you can only do what you can do to bring them, bring them to a place of, um, you know, being a better teammate, but the rest of that's on them. And as a leader, and I, I've learned that lesson, um, multiple times cause I'm the person that wants to just be a constant encourager and cheerleader and like, Hey, I love you. I love you so much. Come on around. Like I can see this. You're better than this. I see you for who you are. Um, like Bob, Bob Goff says, like show them the mirror, tell them who they're becoming. Mm -hmm. And that is so deep in my heart and why I love being a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately, even when you show somebody the mirror, it's not always what they want to see or it's not what they believe. And that's 
goes right. into deep rooted, like that's the stuff we walk through in journey. Right. Um, those deep rooted like insecurities or traumas that they're carrying around yet and they're not ready to let go because they're scared of them or they're not in a healthy place or they're not, they don't have the support needed mm-hmm. um, to be able to to walk through that. Right. Um, and you can only you can only do so much. Yeah. That I part. think of a couple of things as you were talking. One might be that um, the environment that they have at home requires them to have these skills to yep. interact with uh, others. And so to ask someone to stop um, communicating in that manner is asking them to put down their shields, to put down the thing mm-hmm. that helps them to thrive in whatever situation they have at home. Now, I also know of uh, individuals who just really thrive on just heated conversation. They just, they leave a heated conversation with like, that was great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here <laughs> there's other people who don't enjoy that type of interaction who are like, um, like shaking in the corner (laughs) and crying because they were like, that was the worst, right? Yeah. And so understanding how we communicate and why we communicate in that manner. And and you said a former coworker, you have to be considerate of your team, right? Mm -hmm. We have to look at everyone and how we interact with each other. And it doesn't mean that you change um, who you are, but you change how you interact with individuals so that you can have the best result. And so... If you if you've looked at that and you're like, yeah, there's nothing under there that has any fear or uh, ill intent, then awesome. You're just a very passionate person who likes to have these conversations. However, when I'm not considering how that affects other people, then there's a problem mm-hmm. there. And so, what I know is that sometimes uh, we stay in places like you said. You want to be an encourager and. You want to continue that relationship, but sometimes the best thing that we can do is to allow someone to find that group of people mm-hmm. where that personality, that mode of communication is appreciated and where they're going to thrive. I don't want you here with me having to correct that all the time and you slowly becoming dimmer um, in in terms of your identity and who you are. Right. I don't want to snuff out that passion for you, but I do know that based on the dynamics here, this isn't the best fit. And right, so right. I want to help show you the mirror and to know yourself and to know what's driving that and to know, you know what, you're right. Maybe this isn't the place for me, but I know there is a place for me. And sometimes we have to love people enough and care about them enough to tell them those truths um, so that they can find what's going to fuel them and give them the most joy and satisfaction in their lives. Right. That can be really, really hard. But I love that Mm -hmm. you talked about the bulldozer because there's a couple of different like examples I think we have of Mm -hmm. like, what are some of those workplace interactions that we encounter? So yeah, we have the, well, I think you a little bit alluded to like the, the challenger Mm -hmm. too, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or the bully, the competitor, the type A's, the underachiever is type A the same as an overachiever, mm-hmm. perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then workplace politics. Like there are so many different dynamics of right. the scale. And usually, I mean, at your job, you're just taking like all these random people and putting them all in one place. I mean, right. Like 
work together. Yeah. And just It'll assuming it's all going to work great. It's right. going to be fun. I think that's why like so many people really love The Office. Like that yes. has really oh continued on in the world of Netflix and what NBC, whatever app that yeah. is now. And I think because we look at that and we go, oh yeah, you know like that, that one is mm-hmm. this person and that one yes. is this person. And we really, it's helpful to us because we don't often, we go into work and we deal with things, but we don't often sit back and look at the dynamics sure. that we mm-hmm. have. Right. And what is it, like if I had to pick one of these, um, which one is this person? Which one is that person? And then beyond that, not just stopping there, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes in the break room, we cannot go, oh, so-and-so is super type A. She's going to lose her mind about this. Mm-hmm. But we don't go and go, Why? Right. Where does that come from? Right. And you do know? we care enough to ask those questions or to know that person enough yeah. to have that understanding of right. they they do that because of this fear or because of this right. insecurity? And then how do you handle right. but once also you do know that? The right. value in that, because maybe it's great for a type A to be in the place of the receptionist job who has everything in order. That is her super strength. And Mm -hmm. it can be annoying to the rest of us because we don't operate that way or that's not our personality, but does it suit the position she's in? Mm -hmm. And so can Mm -hmm. we value that? Yes. Um, that's not how I would operate, but I see the value in that. Sure. Or, oh, does that not really fit the position that's there? And we're having to work around that. Can we have a conversation then about, you know, how that's going and help her to be the best in her position or help her to find the position right. that's best for yes. her, right? Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a saying at Life Church. Uh, what is it? We talk about it in terms of volunteers. Uh, we don't fill... We don't fill the, the job. Mm-hmm. We find the, I don't know what the phrase is. <laughs> I can't think of what it is. We say it all the time all in the staff time. meetings and yeah. stuff. And now I can't think. Of what it's it, not what finding it people for the job. It's, it's finding. Oh gosh, I'm yeah. Lose the it job too. for the people. I don't. I, that's not it. It's, that's not. It's it not either. that smooth. Basically, <laughs> it's about the person mm-hmm. and finding the right fit for that person. Right. Yeah. And, um. But I. I. Yeah. And I think you just were talking a little bit about. Um, having those conversations. And it reminded me of what Amy said earlier about um, responding versus reacting, because even in those moments that you needed to correct or address something, you didn't come at it with a reaction of like, don't yell at me in this moment. It was like down the road when the behavior was better or something positive. that you wanted to recognize, you recognize the positive behavior yeah. as like a response so mm-hmm. good. and and had that conversation in a healthy way mm-hmm. instead of like a combative reactive way. Right. And I feel like even just that, when you're looking at situations like um, the office episode that we just watched last night was um, Pam putting the note on the microwave, <laughs> like super passive aggressive, right? It was like, whoever's using the microwave should clean it. And it was anonymous. <laughs> But to address the, do you remember that episode? I do. <laughs> it's so funny. Because then they went back and forth putting notes on the microwave. Yes. And then in the end, she owned up to like, I put the first note, but then mm-hmm. it kind of spiraled into this big ordeal. Right. Whereas not letting that kind of thing yeah. spiral. But think about how it. that would play out even, right? So yeah. you put a note in the microwave and someone else sees it and they get offended because they always get the microwave. So why are you accusing me of not cleaning the microwave? (laughs) It's not me. And it's like, well, nobody actually accused you of anything except you reacted based on something that maybe someone had accused you of once. And so you've worked really hard not to do that. So when someone else said that, like you reacted to it. Mm -hmm. 
it can just snowball so quickly and mm-hmm, often it does. it does in the workplace, right? Yeah. Like how many times could we implement what we talk about in journey? So when you said this, this is what I heard. Yes. When you put that note on <laughs> right. there, I read it as Nancy, you yeah. are a slob. Stop making <laughs> a mess. Stop making mm-hmm. a mess, right? What, so when you said that this is what I heard and give the other person the opportunity to go, oh gosh, that's not what I meant. This is what mm-hmm. I was trying to communicate. Or yes, I think you are a slob and this is why, right? Yeah. Because those uh, conversations are valuable too if we're not doing them from a place of accusation, mm-hmm. but of, hey, let's come to a mutual understanding because we spend a third of our lives together. Yes, <laughs> right. And I want the days that I come in to be something that I look forward to because I enjoy what I do. I enjoy, I, I really love what this company stands for. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy 90% of the people here and it seems like you and I just don't see eye to eye. Let's work on that, mm-hmm. right? Let's take 10 minutes at the at the water bubbler, the coffee pot and say, hey, tell me more about you and your family. You know, I see that you're really adamant, like you're really passionate about having things a certain way. Where does that come from, right? We don't have to be like, you just need to do this your way all the time. What's your problem? Okay, let's reword that, right? right? Exactly. I see that you're passionate (laughs) and really good at that. Where does that come from? And maybe that person has never even thought of that or even considered it as a a positive, Positive. Mm -hmm. right, positive trait. And recognizing that helps them to think about that a little mm-hmm. more. And it opens up communication in a way that now helps us to discover what's at the root of some of these things. And am I looking at this from the wrong light? Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have had a parent who was like very specific about everything. I, I don't know if you guys grew up this way, but, you know, in my generation, we had plenty of aunts and uncles and parents who had like plastic covers on, on the couches. <laughs> and we all swore we'd never have plastic covers on the couches and we were going to be more laid back. And yet, you know, we have like juice stains on our mm-hmm. <laughs> couches. And right. so where did that come from? You know, why does that trigger me now? Oh, yeah. So we use the plastic covers on the couches mm-hmm. and I swore we wouldn't do that. And maybe the other person has the opposite. You know, we never had nice things. And so I want to take care of the things right. that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. So what is at the root of what we're so passionate about? Yeah. Right. And Amy, like as a leader and going into work in retail, mm-hmm. how do you find or make the time to like have those conversations and, or do you just find that that kind of happens throughout the day? Or are you like really intentional about, you know, having the water cooler or the coffee conversation with Johnny to make sure that you're on the same page? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, retail is definitely a different animal. Yeah. Like I don't sit at a desk or in a cubicle and that's mm-hmm. what I focus on all day. I'm not at my cube- computer all day. It's constant yeah. um, people, clients, and uh, coworkers. And so I have to be, um, or like to be, I guess, I get mm-hmm. to be really intentional about it. That's my mission as a leader. Um, because I want to make sure to check in on everybody daily and just grow those relationships because that's what, um, you know, like you said, we spend so much time at Mm -hmm. work. And so that my hope is keeps them engaged and wanting to be there and enjoy what they do at the very least, like where they're working and they're working with. Um, but when it comes to the team in general, you know, there's definitely, you're always going to have people that you you click more than others mm-hmm. with more than others. Um, and so sometimes as a leader, it's my reminder to say, hey, you know, I see that you guys aren't getting along and I've had this conversation a couple of times with different people. 
I don't expect you to be best friends. You don't have to hang out after work, mm-hmm. but I need you to get to a point where you respect each other and and can work well and speak kindly to each other. And that's, mm-hmm. that's um, you know, we have initiative in, in the store and it's, um, we call it love squared. So love each other and love our teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and is this, are you, are you speaking to this person in love? Are you acting in love right now? How do you um, go back to how this situation just happened? You know, um, and uh, sometimes it's just walking through the reactions, mm-hmm. you know, with people and reminding them, hey, you're better than that. I, I, yeah. I, I see you better than that. Yeah. And I care about you. So right. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that you do a little something about this, you know, mm-hmm. and putting that putting it on them. Um, and just reminding them like, Hey, like, I know we talk about all the time we spend together here and I talk about, we have to love each other, but sometimes that's just being respectful and being kind. You don't have to like write them little love notes. Right. And fall in love with each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's being kind. But I love yeah. that you hold that space for, mm-hmm. for relationship to happen if they choose, because we still have right. freedom of choice. And so holding that space, holding a place of safety for people to enter into to operate in and be their best selves. That's, that's a perfect example of one of the other um, important um, things that we need to hold in our workplaces is boundaries. And often Mm -hmm. we can define boundaries as walls and, you know, I'm just not going to deal with these people. I'm just going to come in and do my job, but that's not what boundaries are. Boundaries are saying here are the things that we choose to live by and to uh, being compliant clients with so that we can have the best experience for ourselves and for our clients because right. that definitely translates. We do notice Absolutely. when coworkers roll their eyes at each other and that makes a person really uncomfortable when they're right. coming in um, for probably one of the happiest times of their life. It right. can taint their experience, right? When you're serving a client, they're coming excited about the services they're coming to get from mm-hmm. you. And then you get like an awkward um like salesperson and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. that was, that stunk. Yeah. Well, you know, and then what is, what happens? They either go somewhere else or, and then right. word of mouth is so important in your, Absolutely. In your line yeah. of business. And so setting boundaries, what are the rules that we're going to live by, operate, operate by in this space? Like you said, outside of here, you get to choose what you do, but I would expect mm-hmm. you to, at the very least, be kind to each other and really think about how many of us, don't often get these things communicated to us in that way, right? Mm -hmm. In our upbringing or in our workplaces, the fact that someone did not hold boundaries in a safe place for us to interact with and grow in, to make mistakes in, right? We're all going to make mistakes. And if we're fearful that someone's going to come down on us, then we're not going to be truthful and we're not going to grow out of them. And so just that alone, you can see how like Amy has really like implemented these like, precepts into the workplace that make it a place that people can really thrive and if they choose to grow Mm -hmm. uh, and and succeed and I just I just love I just hear I love hearing stories about how she has um you know just the love 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 square love square square. love others and that's that's scriptural right love God and love yourself and love others and you don't always have to cite the Bible passages right, right. to implement oh, good. biblical precepts into your workplace. Um, 
people will be amazed by them. And then I, this is a very above Goff thing too. People are amazed by the things he says. And he's like, well, I just say what Jesus said. Right, right. <laughs> I just didn't put the scripture references in there. And really that's how we strive to live our lives. Because the Bible talks so much about these things. And we go, really, does it talk about how to deal with, you know, difficult workers? And yeah, it says, you know, Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh one stirs up anger. Mm-hmm. So how should I interact with my coworkers? in a kind way with soft answers, with consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I'm stirring up anger. And so if I'm having interactions and it's difficult in my workplace, who's stirring up the anger and how can we change that? Um, and then Romans 12, 8 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, so knowing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Live peaceably with all. And so I know um, my husband's really great at this. Uh, there can be contention in the workplace and he is a peacemaker. He's at peace with pretty much everyone. Um, there can be uh, difficult people that you know are in the workplace and others will say to him, how is it that you get along with him? Why don't you ever have issues yeah. with him? And it's like, well, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to live peaceably mm-hmm. with others. And so really we can keep going um, through scriptures that tell us like, you know, this is how to interact. And if you do that, you're going to have peace. You're not going to have trouble um, even when there's troubling and difficult circumstances. Right. And I love that with the love squared thing, I do feel like that covers, I mean, love, it kind of covers it all. Like because of that being your motto or something that you guys teach at your job, you can, that covers apology, forgiveness, um, peacefulness, like it covers all of the things. And so really you can address a lot under that one umbrella and be able to kind of go through what that really looks like in different situations. Right. And I, I would encourage, um, I would encourage leaders, but I would also encourage just on a personal level, you know, have that one, that one word or that one thing that you, or we talk about here at church, you know, the five, Mm -hmm. your five top five. And I talk about that with my team. So like the love squared came into play because it's simple. You know, if you can filter what you're saying and doing throughout the day today through that, then you're going to be successful. You may not have sold something or had 10 raving clients yeah. and that's that's okay because you it's the little things the, mm-hmm. that that add up to the big things if you're faithful in the little things right so I just um you know we've got a mission we've got a vision right. there's all the things in a normal workplace but to make it simple um, because that's what people remember right and to to make it so that they can own it and and use it and to make it part of your everyday verbiage like I know we've talked, I've heard talk where uh, however many degrees you're away from the founder, you may lose that message Mm -hmm. and how important it is for leaders to keep that message in the forefront, Mm -hmm. the why of what we're doing here, but also to create a sense of identity in the workplace. And so this is who we are. And even if it doesn't look like that when you start out, it has to start somewhere. Right. And that's based on the mission, the purpose that you have. And right, how can I simplify that? So it's just our team model that we say and the thing that we can say to each other to remind each other in a small way Mm. when we're having a tough day, like love squared, right? We can say that simple thing and we all know what that means and it 
pushes us toward the identity that we're striving to achieve. That's so good. Right. And and then every it doesn't carry a different weight for different people. Right. It's like a it almost levels the playing field of like remember yes. this is right. we're all on the same team. We all, right. we all agree that this is kind of what our motto is. And, and it creates a sense live. of belonging. And everyone mm-hmm. wants to belong to the team. And if you feel like you're on the outside of the group, then that can be really difficult and that can make someone difficult to work with, right? Because maybe there's just just um, anxiety or suspicion or, you know, fear that's playing in. And so to make everyone, to include everyone in in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone belongs. Everyone knows the same information. We're all on the same page. We all have the same opportunity to get there. And then to do that together, because you definitely do have an identity together, Mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. When Mm -hmm. you say, yes, I'm going to be a part of this company and I'm going to help uh, achieve the mission and purpose that this this company stands for. And that's really what we're doing when we say yes to a, a job, job yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so uh, maybe that's gotten lost or maybe no one has ever communicated that. But I just love that um, you have found creative ways to incorporate that so that everyone has the same opportunity um, to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it holds it with a level of accountability too. Right. You know, it's that it gives... The team, you know, there's people who don't do well with conflict. There's people who don't, who want to avoid it at all costs. But even in this sense, you know, again, using that as your filter mm-hmm. in a kind way, you can say, hey, that was, do you feel like that fit in what we're trying to do here? Yeah. You know, without it blowing up into something, it, like you said, it just keeps it yes, kind and soft and, but right. still have a level of accountability, which is really important. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, that's a really good practical thing, I feel mm-hmm. like, to have that. I don't know. What did you say that you call Love Squared? Is it a motto or it's a... Our, our initiative. Initiative? Is what I call okay. it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if there's something better because to call it. I don't but. know either. It's probably different for so many different businesses sure. as far as like having their mission, vision, values, right. initiatives, their culture words. I mean, that could their be models. anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's, an, that's another thing I was going to mention at one of my other jobs. At the beginning of every staff meeting, we would read what our mission was. We would read our vision and values just to remind everybody that we're all on the same page and what Mm -hmm. that looks like. But as far as like being a practical thing that you can apply and remind everybody to get on the same team. Cause like we talked about, there's so many different personalities just Mm -hmm. sitting around the same table. Like if we can remember that we're all, we're all here for the same purpose. We're all here for the same goal. Like let's act like it and work like it. Which is our first practical. It's use, um, Use we statements versus I statements, right? We're in this together. We're going to achieve this. We're going to do this versus I'm going to. Right away, that forms a separation between you and your team. And so the more you can be inclusive in here's our common goal and purpose, uh, the more likely you're going to see people stepping up to the plate right. um, and wanting to be part and belong to the team itself. And you and said I, that earlier too, like it's linking arms, like it's right. pulling people in right. to be on the same, you know, vision. And I love that because you don't have to be a leader to use those, those inclusive words. Yes. You can, you can absolutely be a teammate. Look at any sports team, you know, they've got all kinds of people that are yeah. on, on the same playing field. Saying, well, on the okay. flip side, you might be sitting there going, I'm not a manager. I'm not a leader. I'm not in charge, but you can be a leader absolutely. in yeah. how you interact with others. You don't need the title to actually lead in these um, practices in mm-hmm. your workplace. Right. 
Yeah. And then the second thing, like you were saying, is tame the emotions. Like you can get worked up really quick. And if somebody's emotional in front of you, it's easy to like really get pulled into that. But tame your emotions. You have to remind yourself that I am having a reaction Mm -hmm. to this right now that I need to calm and tame so I can understand what's really happening here so that we can continue to move the ball down the field. We want to make progress. We want to achieve these things together. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. We're on the same team. We're we're going toward the same goal. So let me tame my emotions so I can ask the questions to clarify so we can communicate effectively and and work together um, successfully, Mm -hmm. Uh, which means there's no sarcasm allowed. (laughs) And so that will derail communication all the time because we can compromise truth by the way that it's spoken. And um, for some people, again, that's a fun thing. They use sarcasm lightly and to joke around for others Mm -hmm. um, that was used against them uh, to diminish them and to humiliate them. And so we have to be mindful of that when we're, again, we're talking about difficult situations here. If you're talking to your buddy and that's how you like to joke around with each other, go ahead. But when we're trying to clear up uh, communication between ourselves and someone we're having a hard time working with, no sarcasm allowed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that just confuses things and puts maybe bad intent behind something that gets said right. and then it's perceived the wrong way. And it's a little of that passive just, aggressiveness too, yeah. right? Did you say, did you mean? And did it just put that? big question marks mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And then um, remember, there's no need to be defensive. When you're working in a team, even if someone goes, you did this, there's always an opportunity to clarify, right? So don't get defensive mm-hmm. right away. Let's talk and communicate. The goal is always to continue communication and to clear up the situation. So let's look at the facts. Let's look at what we have and determine how, what pieces need to be adjusted so that we can continue again to make progress. And when we focus on each other, then now we got emotions and we have experiences and we have all these things. But if we look at the task at hand, okay, regardless of who did what and where, what are we trying to achieve? what things need to be in place so that that happens better going forward. And then we just go with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last one in our practicals is don't engage. So I like Becky's notes here. It says anger, drama, crazy circus. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's so true. Sometimes there's something going on and you can be the peacemaker as well as the peacekeeper. And I love peacemakers who go, hang on. I'm not going to get drawn into the drama here, but let's slow down and like focus on what we're trying to achieve here. Everyone calm down. (laughs) Yeah. And he did this Great. Like, let's let's sort that out later when we calm down a bit, but let's focus on what we have in front of us, the task, so that we can work that out. And then we'll deal with the rest later. And the later yeah. is how you said, I wasn't going to address some of those things in the heat of the moment because I know they get nowhere. Our brains just work that way. Right. When we're in danger mode, our logical brain doesn't even come online. It's offline because you're in danger mode. You're in, this is an emergency. That's what I mean by that. Um, And this is emergency is the same as if you were getting chased by a lion. That's how your brain reacts. And so I know it's fruitless in the heat of the moment to try to clarify and have a a conversation about it. And so that's such wisdom that you said, I'm going to wait until we're in a good place and everyone's 
operating online, our, our left and our mm-hmm. right brain and our prefrontal mm-hmm. cortex are all online so that we can actually come with our whole selves. And that's just kind mm-hmm. that I'm right. allowing you to get into a place where you can communicate most effectively, not feel like you're being attacked um, so that you have the opportunity to express yourself fully and I want to hear it all. And so we have to not engage in, like you said, the anger, yeah. the drama, the crazy. When you're having moments like that and you're like, this is a circus, don't engage. Don't jump into the fray. Stand apart and say, hey, focus over here. We're going to calm down. And you can make such a difference in that. And everyone loves a peacemaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to yeah. be the most favorite person <laughs> in your office, everyone loves a peacemaker because there's just sometimes we in the heat of the moment, don't know how to circumvent or come out of what's been kicked up and stirred up. And to have someone who can have the uh, self-control and the wherewithal to go, hmm, I'm going to stay outside of this so I can help my coworkers, help the people who I spend one third of my life with come to a place where we can do well together. um, That is most valuable indeed. And I love what you said about that earlier, Amy, about you don't need to or someone said, you don't need to have that title or the authority to be that leader, to be the peacemaker and to not engage in some of that stuff. Like that's just everybody on the team that can do all of those practicals. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if we had to give you four things, and this is an alliteration thing, so this is a bit of the pastor Pastor Becky. Yeah. (laughs) uh, As you approach your Mondays, be proactive. What are the things that I can do differently this Monday? How can I reset myself? Um, how can I prepare myself? How can I come in most rested, most coffeeed up, uh, most excited uh, to enter into this? And what are what's the one or two things that I'm going to do differently uh, to incorporate some of these things that we talked about? Um, so be prepared, right? Be prepared um, when you go into, okay, I know this is where we go off track. And so this time I'm going to respond in this way. And it's until you tell your brain the practicals of this is what we're going to do, your brain's just going to go down the same pathway that it's always gone uh, down every you know week for 52 weeks, yeah. the last 52 mm-hmm. weeks. And so you have to actually uh, be prepared and that you need to give your brain uh, direction because the next time you go and it's a Monday, if you've told yourself that, if you've prepared yourself, then your brain's not just going to go down the path of least resistance. It's going to go, oh, what about this? Because you've told it that this mm-hmm. was important. And is that something that needs to be, like we've talked before about in Journey to Wholeness, like is that something that needs to be written out? Mm. Like, or is that yeah. something you can just think, of, think prepare? Yeah, you can <laughs> you think know, about like, it and that's your left brain operating. But if you want to engage your whole self, then you would write it down as well. Um, that's why journaling is so um, important and it's very helpful in that you're engaging your right brain. And so when mm-hmm. we can engage both sides of our brain, we're operating with our whole self and we're going to have much higher um, results or, or, or potential for success. And so the more we can reinforce that, definitely, um, if you can say it verbally as well. And I know we always mm-hmm. joke about SNL, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough. But when you <laughs> engage all of your senses in pointing your brain in a certain direction, uh, it helps to solidify it. It makes it concrete because your brain hears your voice as an authority. So if I just say, okay, I'm going to say this next time. Yes, you know, I've talked to myself in the car or in the shower plenty of times. Why? Because I'm reprogramming my brain. I'm not just thinking about it. I'm saying it. I'm writing it. And I have much better potential for success um, with this. Uh, Be professional. I like how you said Mm -hmm. it better. Be kind. Mm -hmm. Um, And... 
you know, make sure that I'm treating other people and preserving their dignity? Do I see them as Christ sees them? Do I speak to them uh, according to what their potential is versus, you know, what I see or am frustrated in right now? Uh, And that's being professional. So Mm -hmm. the biblical uh, version of being professional is to be uh, kind and to treat others um, as being valuable. And then the last one is be persistent. It takes practice. It takes consistency to put these things into place to convince others that we're trustworthy and that this is how we operate, uh, but also to see the results and the fruit of that. It didn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just one time that you said love squared, that people are like all on board. It took, I'm sure, weeks and weeks of reminding people, making that part of our practices and our rhythms so that we saw some change happen in Mm -hmm. the group overall. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think that's a wrap. We went through a lot of good takeaways and actual practicals that you can kind of take away with how to deal with a difficult spouse. Not spouse. No. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't know. Would this apply to difficult spouse? Yeah, if you're, uh, you work with your spouse. If you work with your spouse, that's a different different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more there. There's a lot more there. Well, thanks for being with us today, Amy. Oh, my gosh. It was so good to have you on the show. Love having you. I love being here. Excellent. We'll see you next time. Bye. hope you enjoyed this episode in our How Do I series. Do you have a question that you'd like us to address on the podcast? Email us at becky at j2wholeness.org. Comment and like this podcast and make sure to follow us on Instagram at j2wholenessgb. Thanks for joining us on The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. To learn more, visit our website at j2wholeness.org. The letter J, number two, wholeness.org. For more information about online courses, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats.